Ustaz, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum wa rafaat, jazakallahu khair. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihil kareem. Amma bad. All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. On this Mubarak day of Monday, and that is the 11th of Rajab, we continue with our tafsir and commentary of the Noble Qur'an. Today our focus is on Surah Tutur, chapter number 52. It was revealed in Makkah Mukarramah and it comprises 49 verses. Almighty Allah Jalla wa takes an oath with Tur. There is a law that one should know. Al-Qur'anu yufassiru ba'aduhu ba'ada. Certain verses of the Noble Qur'an, they elaborate and explain other verses as well. And that is what we see. Wat-teen, wat-zaytoon, wat-turisinin. Almighty Allah Jalla taking an oath on Mount Sinai. So Almighty Allah is teaching us that is the place where Nabi Musa alayhi salatu salam received the Torah. That is the place where Nabi Isa alayhi salatu salam will go and take his followers when Yajuj, Majuj, Gog and Magog emerge. So it shows it has great, great significance. Almighty Allah Jalla taking various oaths will bait al-ma'mur. We have the Baytullah where we go to and we perform tawaf. And there's another bait and that is called Baytul Ma'mur where the Malaika and angels perform their tawaf. And once they perform tawaf, then they do not get chance again. There are millions and billions and trillions and zillions of the Malaika and angels singing the glory of Almighty Allah, glorifying the praises of Almighty Allah Jalla Wala. Almighty Allah states, Inna adhaba rabbika lawaqi' The punishment from your Allah is surely going to occur. That will be the day of justice. Ma lahu min dafi' There's none who can avert it. There's none who can repel it. There's none who can push it away. So Almighty Allah Jalla Wala is teaching us. The people would make a mockery and say, when is this day coming? And lo and behold, today is the day. This is the day of justice. And now you're going to enter Jahannam and the hellfire because you used to reject it. This would ridicule the message and the messenger Allah forbid. So Almighty Allah Jalla Wala is teaching us that prepare for that day, the day of justice. The people who have iman and faith in they will enter in the gardens of prosperity eternity and they will be enjoying themselves and whatever all Allah gave them they are enjoying and all Allah protected them from the punishment of the hellfire 
And it's not only for them, but it is for them, their spouses and their families. Almighty Allah will let this institution of nikah continue in the year after. Allah will perform and solemnize the nikah and marriage with the damsels, beautiful women of Jannah. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَاتَّبَعَتْهُمْ ذُرِّيَّتُهُمْ بِإِيمَانٍ أَلْحَقْنَا بِهِمْ ذُرِّيَّتَهُمْ One person of the family is in the first class, just to make us understand. One is in the second class, so all Allah will let them all enter the first class. And this is the benevolence, the mercy of all Allah Jalla Wala, and they will be the ones praising all Allah Jalla Wala. Thereafter, all Allah Jalla tells us, these people who are rejecting Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what do they say? Am yakuluna taqawwala? What are they saying that he, Mustafa Habibuna Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, invented this Quran, fabricated it? So why they don't write something? The truth of the matter is that they do not want to believe like you see today. Majority of the people want their so-called freedom and they want to lead that life according to their mom's fancies and desires and then they go and debase and relegate themselves. Am indahum khaza'inu rabbika amhumul musaytirun Or do they possess the treasures of Almighty Allah Or are they the people in charge of the treasures of Allah Nay, only Almighty Allah Jalla is the control he, The entire sovereignty authority is solely only in His power Almighty Allah says Am lahul banat wa lakumul banun for them, for Almighty Allah, they said He has daughters. Allah forbid. Allah has no sons, no daughters, no parents, no partners. And for yourselves, you love sons only. You hate and detest daughters. So Almighty Allah is teaching us how these people apply double standards. For themselves, they love something else. And for Almighty Allah, they want something else. Today we see people are plotting and planning against Islam and Muslims in various places and countries. So all Matyallah states, Yomala yuni anhum kaiduhum Today the day of justice, they are plotting, planning, scheming will not come in handy for them. Walahum yunsarun, and nor will they be granted any assistance and any help. Wasbir, exercise patience and endurance. Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Lihukmi rabbik to the command of your Allah sustainer, nourisher. Fa innaka bi'a'yunina. Because you are under our protection, divine protection. And me and you want the divine protection, O Muslim. So read Surah 12, Surah Yusuf, verse 64. Fallahu khayrun Almighty Allah Jalla wala is the best protector. Wahuwa arhamur rahimin. And he, Almighty Allah, is the most merciful one to show mercy. Surah Yusuf, chapter 12, verse 64. Read it abundantly. وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ حِينَ تَقُومُ And when you stand up from your sleep, then they praise Allah. 
Subhanallah bihamdihi. Make dua and make shukar and be grateful to Almighty Allah. Likewise, at night, glorify Almighty Allah. And when the stars disappear, this time here yeah, now, Fajr time is entered. So you'll see the stars are disappearing, and we remember Almighty Allah. Jalla that is why Almighty Allah has mentioned in the Noble Quran, Wazakirin Allah Kathir O Wazakirat. One action the Muslim has to do abundantly and profusely, and that is the remembrance of Almighty Allah, daytime, nighttime, in public, in privacy, because today, human being, there is overindulgence of our eating, drinking, and you see how many people are obese. And a true Muslim, he will lead a balanced lifestyle. For his physical body, he will consume that which is halal and tayyibah, which is lawful, pure and wholesome. And for his spiritual body, that is the ruh, the soul, the spirit, he will nourish it with the zikr of Allah, the remembrance of Allah. And once he combines both, Allah, behold, bi-zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub, then that person there will lead a life that is very, very satisfying. He will find peace, tranquility, serenity in this world, which escapes majority of the people today because the soul is undernourished and malnourished and we see the body is overnourished. So Islam is teaching us the beautiful lifestyle of how we can lead a life of peace, tranquility and serenity. May all Allah grant us tawfiq and the ability, capacity to understand our deen and religion of Islam. Five o'clock, uh, spot on on this beautiful, mashallah, Monday morning on our program, As-Safina to Ilal Jannah. This one says, uh, Mufti Saab, Assalamu Alaikum, what are the benefits of a physiotherapist? I want to become one for the service of my fellow Muslims. Start. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. When a person chooses a profession, a career, then your intention should be that you want to serve humanity, not only confine it to Muslims. So remember, if you want to become a physio and so forth, so that's fine. But remember, if you are a male, then your clients and customers should be male only. And if you are a female, then your client customers should be female. Because, you know, in physio, there's so much massaging and touching of the body and so many other things also it entails. So, therefore, we need to exercise caution in this regard. Many a time, people have noble intentions, but when the time of execution comes and practicality, then they look at the money. And the money is sweeter than honey. And they say, let me do it across the board. And then the one problem after the other. So yes, choose it if you want to. But remember that you must put these conditions which I mentioned just now. And beg Almighty Allah, Jalla wala, that you become an asset to humanity. Khairun nas, nas. The best person is he who is an asset to humanity. Not only to Muslims, brother. So we we should become an asset to the entire human race. Ustaz, we go to India this morning, all the way from Mumbai. Uh, brother Idris wants to know, can we celebrate the 27th of Rajab? Ustaz. Remember, in Islam, there is nothing about celebrating. 
Yes, remember that on 27 Rajab some incidents have taken place. The ulama give talks and so forth. So the exact date of the Isra and Mi'raj of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam from Makkah Mukarramah to Majlul Aqsa that is known as Isra. And from there to the seven heavens and beyond that is called Mi'raj. So some ulama say it took place on 27 Rajab. Other ulama mention various other dates. If you open Ar-Rahikul Makhtoom and that is the seal nectar, you open Sirat Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam by Mona Idris Kandelwi. So all these books that mention Ibn Ishaq Sirah, so you will find that various dates are mentioned. But 27 Rajab has become famous, but it is not necessarily the view of all the ulama, it is the verdict and view and opinion of some ulama, not all the ulama, so there's no consensus on it. Very important also on 27 Rajab, which we should inform the people about. Remember in the year 637 Gregorian calendar, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala who conquered Palestine, Al-Aqsa and Palestine. And then from that time, 637, right till 1099, it remained under Muslim rule. From 1099, right up to 1187, 88 years, there was occupation by the Salbiyin, the Crusaders, the Christians. There was no Salat, there was no Jumma Salat. And then all Allah Jalla selected Salahuddin Ayyubi, Saladin the Just, as the West called him. And he liberated Palestine, and remember, he delivered the khutbah in Majlul Aqsa on a Friday, 27 Rajab, and the year 1187, 88 years of occupation came to an end. Again, the Muslims and Palestinians are under occupation by the Zionist apartheid regime. So we should teach the people our history so that they are motivated for the future. So all that you can do, but celebration don't mean that now we go there and make it a party and a carnival and so forth for to know that Islam does not allow. Hmm. Was that somebody saying here that uh, Mufti Sab can Muslims join their non-Muslim family members for candle light rituals? Uh, but my intention is different. Start. Remember, that's not permissible. We should not be going with the non-Muslims. That is their system, their custom, that they will put so many flowers and they will put candle and have a vigil and so forth. We don't accept that. So that is what they do. They want to show that they are in solidarity. So that is fine. They are doing and practicing according to their system. But we must not become part and parcel of that. For the shuhada and the martyrs of New Zealand, 50 of them. For the shuhada and martyrs of Gaza and Palestine. For the shuhada in Syria and Kashmir. For the shuhada in Afghanistan and Burma, Myanmar. So we, we must make dua. Rabbana gfilli wa li walidayya wa lil mu'minina yawma yaqumul hisab. Ya Allah, forgive us. Forgive our beloved parents and the believers the day the reckoning is established. Second one is give our charity on their behalf and 
make dua that Almighty Allah Jalla Wala protect all the Muslims wherever they are, all our masajid and institutions and our mosques and so forth. I use the word mosque because we have people who do not belong to the Islamic faith and they are listening. Otherwise, it's masjid and masajid. And one more thing you must remember is that all our people who are oppressed in different parts of the world, we should be making dua for them. So we must influence people and not get influenced by them. So that is what Islam teaches us. Good intention does not justify a haram and unlawful action. Ustad, we go to Leicester. It says, uh, Muftisab, I have heard a lot of lectures in which various shuyukh are against secular education. Why is this so? Don't we need engineers, doctors, educators, etc. in this ummah, Ustad? Remember that when they say they're against their secular education, then I don't know if you understand words. Study the word secularism. Secularism means to build a godless society. That you must have such a society where there is no theology, where there is no mention of all Allah. They only speak of human rights. Here in South Africa this Thursday, there will be human rights, public holiday. But if you ask what about divine rights, if you ask what about the rights of the messenger Mustafa sallam, so all that would be absent in countries that have secularism as their constitution. So when the ulama and mashayikh, they speak against it, they speak against it because this whole system wants to indoctrinate you and brainwash you and tell you that there is human rights, Adam and Eve, Adam and Steve. So all that they want to justify and they will tell you it is a human rights issue. Yes, we also say we need doctors, we need engineers, we need all this type of people. But you study in such places where your iman, your faith is not compromised. You study in such places where our sisters are not going to lose their haya, shame, modesty, virginity. So that is what we are speaking about. We're not against the education per se. We're against the thought process. We're against the indoctrination and the brainwashing. And we're against what the bare haya and immorality, immodesty that goes on so that the condom culture so all that we condemn and that is what we will stand by because that is the teaching of Islam Usada let me just po- uh, uh, pose two questions one is it says here yeah, uh, my sister-in-law is accredited for Hajj but has no mahram and she is over 60 and was told she can go with a group of ladies. We want to know your ruling. That's one. Number two is we are planning for Hajj this year as well. If we go straight to Mina, do we wear our ihram before the Miqat or can we wear the ihram in Mecca or Azizia before we go to Mina? Remember, this is three-part question that the sister now is accredited and she's 60, 70, whatever the age might be. So if it is a Fard Hajj and she's never been there before, then the Malikis and the Shafis say, yes, it is permissible. She can embark on this journey without a husband, without a mahram. And that is mahram means her father, her brother, her son. Those people whom she can never ever get married to, no, 
now nor in the future. So it shows that in this case, if the lady does not have that and it is a compulsory pilgrimage for the Hajj, then she can embark on this journey according to the Shafi'is, according to the Shafi'is and the Malikis. However, the Hanafi scholars and the Hanbali scholars say it is not permissible whether she's a young lady or an old lady without a husband, without a mahram. And remember, you can't just accept the word of the agent. The agent just wants to make money out of this. So therefore, they will look for every loophole, majority of the agents. So you should know if you are following the Hanafi school or the Hanbali school, then it is not permissible. You must write a wasiyah in your well and you make provision that after burial funeral expenses the debts of the deceased are settled then you leave 50 60,000 rand and say that somebody must be sent to perform your hajj what they call hajj badal hajj anil ghair so that is the law according to Hanafis Hanbalis and so forth so remember that people should not get confused regarding this issue the next one is that people want to go the last week or last few days. Then they will go to Medina Munawara for one day, three days, four days. Then it's compulsory that you fasten your ihram from Medina Munawara, the Miqat, Bir Ali, Zul Hulayfa. And if you're going straight to Mina, you're going to perform Ifrad Hajj. So remember, you can't be fastening your ihram in Makkah. You can't be fastening your ihram there in Aziziyah. So all that because you're coming from Medina and you are passing the Miqat. And therefore, you should remember in cases like that, you make intention of Ifrad Hajj. Or if you're coming from your own country and you are landing in Jeddah and then going straight to Mina, then also you can't fasten ihram in Jeddah or Aziziyah or Makkah. Remember that you have to fasten your ihram one hour or so before you land there in Jeddah. So if you're coming via Dubai or Istanbul or Ethiopia or wherever, so remember that will be the law. So if you are performing this type of hajj where you're going to Mina Strait, then remember that and you're coming from far, then you must remember that in a case like that, you have to fasten the ihram there in Medina Munawara or Dubai or wherever. You can't fasten in Makkah or Azizia. Ustada, we go to Sri Lanka this morning. The brother wants to know, please assist with the meaning of the name Tashfiq. Ustad. So Shafqat Tashfiq will mean that you are now taking your mercy, your compassion, your kindness, and you're spreading it around to others. So yes, it's fine. So Tashfiq, only thing you should remember when you spell it in English, then in the ending F-I-Q. Sometimes people will spell it with the K, so that is incorrect. It should be Tashfiq with a Qaf. So Qaf will be a Q when you spell it in English. So to let the mercy, compassion, kindness, all that spread around. So good name, no problem. Ustad, we go to Lakefield, and this is uh, Sister Natasha and uh, Brother Marvin. Uh, good morning, Teacher Mufti. Hope you well. Last night on the supper table, our topic of discussion was the incident that took place in New Zealand. We white, we want to know, she wants to know the teacher, Natasha. She says she's white. What happens the day she accepts Islam? Will she be a target or not? Ustad. Remember my sister Natasha, my brother Marvin, what happened, I'm sure you also will agree, was an act of terrorism, was an act of Islamophobia. And this is not the first time. Remember these type of things who have happened in the past, are happening in various countries and will happen in the future. 
Now the question arises, Sister Natasha, I've been to New Zealand on three different occasions, so I visited most of these places there. So my message to you is, I don't know how much you know of New Zealand. They are four million people there and maybe a few thousands. And then they have 40 million sheep there. It's a very peaceful country. The people there, the Muslims, non-Muslims, they get along very, very well in harmony. The person who perpetrated this heinous crime came all the way from Australia and it was a premeditated murder. So we all condemn it and remember the person should be taken to task and we congratulate, remember the authorities that they have taken him in and now the due process will follow. Now the question you need to ask yourselves, Brother Marvin, Sister Natasha, Sister, uh, what's the name? Name? Natasha. Natasha, Sister Natasha, sometimes we got so many things in our mind. Sister Natasha, that what is the rationale, the reason for all this? You see, Almighty Allah Jalla Wala has informed us, Allahu Nuru Samawati Wal Art. Almighty Allah is the radiance and the effulgence and the celestial light in the heavens and in the earth. Just look at your creation. See the creation of Almighty Allah, and you will see the manifestation of the signs of Almighty Allah. Who is the messenger of Islam? And he is Nurum. So, His message is of Nur, radiance, effulgence. Chapter 14, verse 1. Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu take the people out from the darknesses in which they are groping in and bring them towards the celestial light and, and the effulgence of Islam. What is Quran Sharif? وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكُمْ نُورًا مُبِينًا And the Quran Sharif, every verse, 6,236 verses, is Nur, radiance, effulgence. And the fourth one is a Muslim. We have load shedding, Sister Natasha. We have a load shedding, you know that, Brother Marvin. And when we have load shedding, then we take our candles and we kindle other candles. So every Muslim, أَفَمَنْ شَرَحَ so he, that person, has been given that nur in the inner recesses of their heart. So we become ambassadors of Islam. I myself, on one occasion, a white lady came to me and said she wants to embrace Islam in Auckland. So I called my wife and my wife explained to her, I explained to her, she became a Muslim and she knew a number of verses because I asked her how much she studied and so forth. So this is the real reason. What is the real reason? You see some whites, some people want that apartheid mentality, that supremacy, and they want to be in control. And they say the Muslims are terrorists, the Muslims are taking our people and invading our countries, making our people Muslim. So Quran Sharif has informed us, They are motive intention is to extinguish the light and the radiance and the effulgence, the celestial light of Islam, with their mouths, with their media, with their press. Allah says, Wallahu mutimmu nurihi al kafirun. And all Matya Allah Jalla wa will let this nur of Islam spread to all parts of the world, even though the non-Muslims, they hate it and detest it. 
I was in Bergwell, Bergwell, you know, other side, Ladysmith, next to Drakensberg this weekend. And because when I'm in New Zealand and other parts of the world also, I do programs for them there in, the, in New Zealand so the whole country can listen to it. So they suggested that I should give them some words of advice. So on midnight, Saturday night, I spoke and gave them some words of advice and so forth, what they should be doing in this tragic, after this tragic incident. So my sister Natasha, remember that you embrace Islam, alhamdulillah. Nobody will target you, inshallah. If they are targets, then we are the targets. Mm. You must remember that because we are dressed like the Muslims. We speak about Islam. We speak about justice. And we condemn all the oppression and transgression and apartheid mentality of the white supremacists or other people as well. How we condemn ISIS. How we condemn the Shabab. Or how we condemn Boko Haram. So even if people use the name of Islam, but we know they are spreading a false ideology, so we condemn all of them. So my sister Natasha, brother Marvin, remember we stand for justice, mm. and that Allah is Allah. our message of peace at all times. Mm. Allahu Akbar. Nineteen minutes after five Central African time. One more question. We start. We go to. Uh, this is from Malaysia, from Malacca. He says, uh, Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Sab. My name is Zikri, and I wanted to know if it is halal to eat duck. A friend of mine said that it is haram to eat animals with web feet. What is the ruling on eating birds with web feet? From Malaysia, Malacca. MashaAllah, brother from Malaysia, you're hungry in the morning, but I think that you are six hours ahead of us nowadays in KL and Malacca. So anyway, so my brother, duck is totally halal. This is now people, again, they just confuse issues. They come with their own stories and say that if the animal has web feet, you can't eat it and all. You tell the brother, duck is halal according to all four schools. Rabbits are halal according to all four schools. Schools, so he should not come with his own ideas that Islam is complete and does not need any addition or omission. So you keep on eating the duck, my brother, <laughs> and don't duck away from the issue. Allahu Akbar, 20 minutes after 5, Ustad, your program, your run-up, inshallah, this uh, for today, Ustad? Inshallah, that 5 plus 1 will be tafsir of the Noble Quran, and today we start with Surah 56, Surah Waqiyah, inshallah. Then to Hapas 1 to 2 will be from the archives, and that will be Surah Tawbah, and that is chapter 9. And inshallah, 2 to Hapas 2 will be our report back of the activities of the past week. And this week was a very, very active, hectic week. We had to go to Marlborough, to Pretoria, to Bergwell, and a lot of things happened, mashallah. Allah to reward all the ulama, brothers, sisters, Ameen. and children. Ameen. And then at night, inshallah, 8 to 10 will be the Q&A with Mona Arafat, Hatia, and myself. May Almighty Allah, Jalla accept us all. May Almighty Allah grant our martyrs the highest stages in Jannah Ameen. and Ameen. all their families, Sabri Jamil. And I must also congratulate the Prime Minister of New Zealand. She is taking this whole thing personally and going to the families and offering her condolences. So may Almighty Allah protect all of us from the real terrorists and state terrorism. May all Almighty Allah protect us in South Africa. Amen. We leave you with this verse. Surah chapter 12, verse 64. Allah is the best protector.
protector, and he, Almighty Allah, is the most merciful one to show mercy. Barakallahu.